this episode, we got Slab Stocks Aaron on. He he's the founder of Slab Stocks, and what they do is they're actually like the fastest news reporting outlet in the hobby out there. So if there's something going on in the hobby, you go to their page. They're pretty much first to report it. So he's big in the content game. We got Aaron on. This is episode two of the Hobby is Alive podcast. Take a listen. You're going to like this one. So we got a special guest here today, Aaron from Slab Stocks. Welcome in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you got going on in the hobby right now and just a little bit about what Slab Stocks is. Yeah, thanks, Blaze. I really appreciate you having me here today. Um, good to see you out here doing content, man. I see you've been crushing a little bit, doing some fun little videos and uh, happy to be a part of it and everything like that. Uh, Slab Stocks, at the core of it, we're a sports card market reporting company. We cover as many different card markets as we can, both sports and non-sports, and share different sales, different discussion points. Um, any way we can drive you know, engagement communication around the hobby and discourse is, is what we strive for. And our mission statement is to make sports cards accessible to everyone. Like, I don't want anyone to feel like that they can't discuss sports cards or their, what the sport that they enjoy, you know, we're not covering. Because I know for a lot of people, you know, a lot of people do collect football, basketball, baseball, but then there's also a large segment that, that don't and would rather collect soccer, hockey, F1, you know, Marvel or whatever it might be, you know, non-sports too. Um, and we just want to make sure we're, we're covering as much ground as possible. And, you know, we do some in-depth discussions over on Slab Stocks Live on YouTube and some podcasts, but then mostly what, you know, what our focus is, is how can we get the quickest information to people as possible? How the market's changing with sports or just with the card trends in general um, is, is what we try to do. And really just to, you know, as, as much as you're doing too, it's in the core of it, it's just to elevate the hobby. You know, we want to create as much excitement um, around cards itself as possible. And uh, sometimes, you know, we, while we do report on sales values all the time, you know, it's like, that's the core of it. It's, it's sports card market reporting. It's just great to see people just enjoying the hobby too. Like, you know, we're not just a financial, we're, we're not financially just like, that's not all we're reporting on, right? It's like, it's like, who's how can we talk to people like yourself and other people who, who are just in the hobby because they love it? Cause that's what, that's who I am. Like I've been in it since I was like eight, 10 years old, like super hard. So you've been a collector for most of your life? Yeah, like way, way over half my life. I'm 24 now. I started, I mean, I had cards when I was really young, right? But like when I was in like sixth grade is when I started to go super hard when I was 10. I got the Beckett manuals and I was ripping packs all the time, going to card shows, trading through high school, buying and selling, and then started slab stocks in college as a sophomore and just wow. been my whole, basically my whole life. So how many people are, are working at the company and did the vision change like today as opposed to when you started it or is it the same vision right now? Oh, absolutely. The, like the, the core of it is the same, which is, which is really getting people involved in the hobby. Because for me, when I was younger, and I don't know how, if you felt this way too, but it always just seemed like such like a closed thing. It's like I had no friends that collected cards and there was really no place where you could like engage with people that were like around your age. And then you know, go to a card show and it's mostly older people and stuff like that. So there just wasn't that real feeling around it. So like when I started, I'm like, I just want to make people talk about cards or get people talking about cards, make it feel comfortable for people. Because for myself, it never was. And then once I hit college, it started to become that way. And I was very comfortable talking about it. Um, and, and right now, just to answer your question in the company, it's, it's very small. Like our, our team is very small. Like we put out a ton of content, but it's me. It's Nate, who's been with me the whole time since the start. And then it's my dad. It's my mom who helps a lot with the logistics and the shipping of grading submissions and stuff like that. And then we have an intern. And then we have a couple other content creators like Andrew, who does our, uh, who does our soccer podcasts and everything. 
but it's pretty small. Because it, it's amazing the speed that you get stuff out. When, yeah. when, whenever there's breaking news in the hobby, I always rush to your page and I always see like what's going on new, which is amazing. Because I think the timing is very pivotal to providing no, I, information. I, I appreciate it. Like that's really how I started to see it. You know, as, as the hobby content space grew, like before there was like no one doing it. It was like us and a few amount of people. Before it was a lot more like, all right, we'll put out a long form article like once a day or something like that and try to drive some discussion around it. We really switched, you know, like how we were kind of targeting the content because of how much it was like, hey, if I can beat people to news and get people talking about before other people, like people would constantly just come back and try to read it. Just like we do with our daily slab newsletter every morning, it goes at 7 a.m. Eastern time. It's went up for the last four straight years. Like that's a, it's a grind to do that every day, by the way, like that's no joke. Like people read it and I'm, I know a lot of people love it, but like, it does take a lot of work and it takes multiple people adding into it. Um, there's about three of us that write for the newsletter. And then we have a couple of edits that go through between me and my dad. And it's, uh, it's super fun. But in terms of the business itself, like when I first started, like I said, the vision's the same, but the, what we were doing, like what the goal was, like, I wanted to create tech at first. Like I had no tech background. I had no money backing, none of that stuff. But I said, there's a lack of data in the space that's accessible. So I'm like, how can I get there? Tried to get there, put a lot of time into it, eventually a lot of money into it, ended up not working because other people beat me, beat us to it. Like, you know, card ladder, like they built a, they built a great platform and uh, they're amazing guys. And in the end, we ended up partnering with them now because from the start, I just want to help make data accessible. They did it. They built the platform. So now let me help share it. Right. Like that's all I wanted was to have the data to make the content. So now we have, you know, card ladders produce the data and, and manages the data. And now we can produce the content that we want off of it. It's just a perfect, it's just perfect. So like, I, I'm right where we want to be, you know, we're right where we want to be is creating content, connecting with the community. No, I, I love that as a, as a true hobbyist myself. It's amazing to hear that you just want to true you want to benefit the hobby overall no matter how it gets there and that's that's really something i like to hear yeah definitely. so in another so keep to keep going with that you do the newsletter you do the grading what other things do you have going on like stuff like that yeah right so like the the the, the biggest thing that that we do is just like the overall the overarching content right it's like all the stuff that goes out through instagram all the stuff that goes out through newsletter, like you said, like that's a that's a lot of work from a lot of people. And then we've got, you know, Nate for us, he, had, he started a, a Daily Slab podcast based off the newsletter. So he's taking some pieces from the newsletter. He's taking some pieces from the sports card world, kind of combining all together. It's like a five minute show that's going out Monday through Friday right now. And then on top of that, we've got our Slab Socks Live that we've done every Monday for the last two years. Um, where we kind of pick a different topic to address every single week, rather it's like new product releases like we did last week or how the market's changing, um, you know, because of the new sports seasons that are coming, whatever it is, we'll pick a bunch of different topics. Um, and then every single Sunday night, we're, we're doing a, a live stream on YouTube. That's like while we're on the PWCC marketplace auction and, and we're going through and we're live bidding, we're live selling, we're engaging the community, we're giving some stuff away. That's a super fun time. There's thousands of people that have joined those throughout the last, you know, eight months or so. And it's been a great time for that. And then also we, we do, we, we, we love, I mean, I love ripping packs. Like I've, I've at least broken probably once a week for the last like two years now. Um, mostly soccer now. I mean, that's, that's one of our core, like kind of like our core communities while like the overarching, like most discussion is driving through Instagram and newsletters probably around like, you know, your basketball, your baseball and your football. Um, we've got a really, really like strong soccer community at Slab Sox because of how much 
work I put into it early on, like back in 2019, I was collecting the cards. I'd say before the masses for sure, obviously got there. Um, and then a lot of people came to us to, to engage through that community because they're finding us from the UK, from Spain, from all these different countries. Like I'd say 30% of our audience is international, which I think is above average for sure um, because of how much work we've done in soccer and F1 and all those different things. Um, so it's, so it's exciting to see how that's, how that's grown the international community. I've gone to go to London twice. I went to the Netherlands for F1. So it's been a blessing to be able to travel like that for sure. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a lot. It's a lot like, well, everyone can follow with the content and kind of like get the full grasp on the market in a day's worth in like 30 minutes, which is awesome. That's why we do it. You know, so someone who doesn't have four hours to research a day can get a really good grasp in 30 minutes like that 30 minutes of content read that we get for people is a whole day's worth of work for multiple people yeah no it's it's amazing and i still think that area you're so far ahead of most people but it's still underdeveloped like the news in this space it's, it's kind of hard to like filter through and vet through and get the news but yeah. you're you're about for that obviously I, I agree with you. And that's also like why, why we've definitely stuck with it just because, you know, we, we got so ahead of it. Like for us, like, I know how competitive it is now for people to get into the content game, either if it's YouTube or if it's Instagram, whatever it is, it's like, it got really, really populated fast in the last two years. Like I'm very fortunate to have just like started when I did, if I didn't start when we did, you know, people might not even know who I am or what, what, what slab sucks is ever. If I started like, you know, within the last six months, but just right place, right time, wanted to do something that was different and it paid off. I mean, being first to something's generally the best. And uh, we definitely, we definitely got there pretty quickly with reporting on the news and everything. We want to make sure we stay there too. Speaking of the content, do you try to post stuff that people want to see or are you more posting stuff that you think is just valuable information? That's a great question because like, I think that's what a lot of people debate. It's like, well, is it stuff that, that I think people should know, or is it stuff that people like need to know, right? Like it's kind of two different things. And I'd say a lot of the time it kind of is, it's, it's both of them. Like, I don't think that I'd necessarily make a post that I don't think is valuable. Like if I just like put something out there, it's like, Oh, this is just, you know, dumb. Like then maybe I wouldn't do that. But at the same time, it's like, I don't physically collect basketball cards that hard, but I know that it's valuable information because basketball season starting. Like last night was awesome. I watched a bunch of NBA games and in this hotel room that Grizzlies and Knicks game was awesome. But uh, like, I just, I just try to create content based on what I think does bring people value. And it can be multiple things. It can be education. It can be discussion because a lot of the times, like we might just post two cards that sell and say like, Hey, what do you think between these two cards type of thing? But then you get, you know, 20 people in the comments going back and forth with each other and they can learn from each other. It's a lot of it is just to and try to get the community talking because so like, it's not just us. Like, I don't want just people to learn from us. I want them to learn from you. I want them to learn from other people. And in the, in the result of it, it's like the more that people talk in the comments, the more people can learn from each other and, and really further their own education. Because you probably understand this, but like back like 10 years ago, I mean, dude, it was hard to learn about cards. Like you physically had to be doing it all the time to learn because there was not places that talked about it or that did education or did content on it. So we try to kind of like bring all that together to make it easier for people. No, a hundred percent. And for me, I'm like such a feel person in this industry because I because I've spent the time. So it, it's a lot different. Like you're saying, there wasn't 15 years ago, 10 years ago, there wasn't places to go to find out stuff, which is very helpful today to the new people. Yeah. So another question that I have at the beginning, you obviously weren't getting as much engagement on, on these types of posts. Do you have any tips for people who are like just starting out? 
to get to your level now? Like, what do they need to look for at the beginning when they're posting, what, comparing cards and like they're not getting much engagement? What should they be doing to like keep pushing through? Yeah, no, that's a great, great question because like I was in the same spot four years ago. The first post I ever put up that was like different. Like I used to just post pictures of my Bowman Chrome autos. Like Nate and I just collected Bowman Chrome autos together. And I was just like, oh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had a big game. Here's my 9510, right? Like eventually I got to the point where I was like, no, I need to put something out that's like more than that. And I posted a graph of Alex Kirloff. It was a 2016 Bowman Chrome auto. Like four sales happened after he had a really good week and it changed in price and all that stuff. After the first like 30 to 45 minutes after posting it, it was a trash graph, by the way, it's Excel random screenshots from eBay. Like it looked like garbage. Um, there was like no engagement, right? Like there's no comments. And I was sitting up in, uh, in our cabin up in Hayward with my brother. And it's like, dude, this thing stinks. I'm deleting this. So I deleted it. The very first slab stocks, like kind of like content post I ever made, I deleted right away. Cause no one talked about it as you like mentioned. And, and he's like, dude, that's like BS. He's like, you gotta put that thing back up. He's like, it, you know, you just post it. So I was like, okay, fine. So, so I, so I posted it back up and, uh, and, uh, sure enough, like two people commented right in the next like two hours. And that's, that's not a lot, right? Like right now you get two, like, if I got two comments on post, I'd be like, man, what did I do wrong? Like that thing stinks, you know, like for, for me, it's like, you know, 30, 50 people talking about it. it's awesome. And, and, but, but I just, I, I just responded to the two people, the two people that commented were like, dude, this is so cool. No one's doing this. And like, Hey, I think that like, I'd sell his cards right now or something. Right. Like just actually engaging yeah. with what it was. So I responded to both of them. And by responding to both of them, it made them come back to the next post and reply, you know, and then once they, some people, other people look at it and they see that two people commented and I engage with them. It's like, then they might comment too. Like the number one thing when you're starting is you have to engage with like the community that, that you have, like, no matter if it's 50 people or 50,000 people, like even now I try to hop in the comments, even though I'm doing a million things throughout the day. I try to at least get back to a couple people per post that, that maybe like ask a question or, or, or just discussing with each other. Cause it's, it's, it's valuable to, to engage and be like actually there with them. Like I, I never want to be looked at in the hobby. See Blaze as like someone that that's kind of like, you know, running a bigger business doesn't isn't really in the community. Like that's how we actually got so big in the first place is that I'm just like all the other people that are just collecting cards and trying to learn as they go. Like, yeah, I've been doing it for longer and sure. I work really hard to get a bunch of breaking news out, but like, I'm no different. Like that's exactly how I started. And, and, and I always want to be looked at like on the same, like, you know, playing field as everyone else in the card space. No, that's amazing to hear. I, I really respect that. And also that's a really good point because a lot of the times when you post something, people will ask questions. So something that I do is I try to look at, whichever comment is, is appearing the most. And I'll try to reply to that question because if two or three people are asking, there's definitely another 20 or 30 that are wondering the same thing. Yeah. And you gotta like, for people out there, you gotta remember, like you might get two comments, but there's probably like 200 some people that read it outside of them and just don't comment. Like not everyone comments. Like I know a lot of people who have never seen their Instagram handles or never heard their name or never seen their profile picture. And they'll walk up to me at the national and they go, thanks so much for all the content. And like, I listen and read everything every day. So like they probably have never once left a comment, but they're definitely reading and seeing and want to know things that other people are asking just because people's personalities are different and how they engage. And the thing that I love about it too, it's like cards for a lot of people is an escape. Like we're in the business, but a lot of people, it's just, it's their hobby. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of providing something where they get to go to their happy place. And that's something that I love. Why don't you speak on that a little bit, just about how it, how it helps people in their lives? No, yeah. I mean, that's a great point. Like I've had 
that's the thing it's like at the end of the day it's like i look at this and sometimes i'm like man it's it's a lot of work like it's a ton of work right to get all these posts out and like sometimes i just think like oh what if i didn't put like three posts out that day or something like that and then i say i'm like you know there's a lot of people that rely on that to like get excitement in their day or 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 want to learn about that and all that stuff like way more than i can just feel like sitting here because you know i've had different people throughout the years like i got an email one time where someone was like dude you changed my life. Like I had no motivation to do anything. And then once I started to read your emails and start collecting cards and it gave me the next thing and the next thing, the next thing to chase and look at. And even for me as like someone who really loves collecting like all this time and to this day, like I get so much more, I get so much excitement of like having that next thing to try to find that next thing to try to, you know, chase after, like I've been building some different rainbows and it's been super fun. And then you're kind of looking at the safe searches every single day for like six months. Then the one pops up and it's like, bang, you got to get like, that's just the type of stuff that really gives you something to kind of like look forward to. And I think that happens with a lot of people. Um, and, and hopefully it sounds like that, that that's what they get from the content. And, and that it's a big motivation, you know, more so than just loving doing this every day and being able to do cards every day. It's like knowing that people actually, you know, receive benefit from it in their life. Like it's the best. Yeah. We're the lucky ones who get to do cards every day. It's amazing. I know, right? That and when I sometimes when I find myself like you know tired or like oh man, it's just so busy. I'm like you know I I'd way rather be super busy and doing cards and not busy and doing something else. So I try to make myself like really step back and look at it and not complain, right? And, and like I don't want to do that because I know so many people would like do anything to to get into like our position, be able to do this all the time, right? A hundred percent, yeah. And speaking of collecting, I know you're big into soccer and F1. But those genres overall are pretty new to the card space. Yeah. Were you collecting other stuff, let's say, five, seven years ago? Or oh, were yeah. you, are you new into soccer? Or what's your collecting roots? Sure. So I first thing I ever started with was 2008 Tops football, like hard. Like I would rip those blaster packs every single day with my brother because Brett Favre was on the cover. We moved to Minnesota from Wisconsin got to Minnesota and we were, you know, moving in a new house. So you go to Target, get some new whatever to, for the house. And I walk past the blasters and there's Brett Favre on that cover. So I'm like, I got to have that. Right. So I get the blaster. I'd open them. They got one Jersey card per box. He pull, pull like Troy Palomalu all-star Jersey, a pro bowl Jersey. And it's just like the best. So I started with football for a long time. Like I was collecting football for a long time. And that's probably the sport that I almost do the least of right now. Um, but that's also just because like, as, my interest changed throughout middle school and the high school. Like I played football for two years, but I played basketball for four years and then one year in college. Like I was much bigger into basketball for most of my life. And, and then I started collecting basketball. I do Bowman Chrome autographs a ton with Nate. And then coming up, you know, around 2019, I really started to get interested in soccer. Like never really watched soccer my entire life. Never really had found anything exciting about it. Never had a club to follow. And then I started to collect a little bit of Kylian Mbappe. I talked to Tyler, you know, from Card Talk, and he's like, hey, because he's huge in the soccer, and he's just like, hey, you should look at Kylian Mbappe because he's like a world superstar, right? So, okay. So I started watching some matches and started to actually get really excited about, like, how passionate these fans are and everything. And then I just kept on collecting it and, and then started to produce content on it and then really started to follow Chelsea super hard. And now I'm a massive Chelsea fan. I've been, like I said, to London twice for two cup finals and a bunch of different matches, which has been super fun. But other than that, like, yeah, I, I was collecting different stuff throughout the rest of my life. Soccer for the last three, three to four years or three years now. Um, and then Formula One I've been doing for. I, so my dad got really into Formula. My brother is really what got my dad and I into Formula One, which is uh, at the start of last season. So before I bought a single card for myself, I actually watched the entire Formula One actual season, like not even drive to survive season. Like I watched the entire last year 
not even as someone that's buying cards. My dad's like, Hey, I want to collect. I'm like, okay, go ahead. Right. Like I was doing my soccer stuff and, and it's like, you know, it'd be nice for my dad to get into collecting through something. Right. So he started collecting these formula one on, on his own. A lot of the time he's been coming to me and like asking me questions and he learned a lot. And then he's like, I just want to go do it on my own. I said, okay, go, you know, go ahead. So we did. And he, you know, he bought some Hamilton aquas and Verstappen aquas and stuff like that and did well on it. Um, and then I, at the start, before the start of this season, I was like, you know what? I said, I want a couple of Formula One cards too. I'm like, I'm, I'm, sick. He, I'm sick of you just having them. So, so I went and tried to build a pretty sweet Pierre Gasly collection, which I successfully did just through very sheer luck and meeting people who had different cards. And uh, I just knew I had to go and get the complete rainbow for Sapphire portraits when I could. There's very few Sapphire portrait rainbows that are completed. So I did the one for Pierre Gasly. And then I got his dynasty one of one at the same time. So yeah, I got into formula one in the last year and a half and yeah, I haven't been in, you know, watching formula one for years and years and years, but I know like before I started to buy cards and kind of get interested from that aspect, I was very interested in the sport. And that's the thing for me. It's like, I couldn't, I couldn't collect a sport or buy a sport or produce content on a sport, like at a high level that like, I don't actually watch. Like I've watched every single race pretty much for the last year, you know, two seasons. Now I've watched every Chelsea match for the last like two years now or a year and a half now or whatever. Um, so like, I, I have to watch it to get passionate about it, to collect it and to create it, which is why when I talk about these things, I'm always like, you know, if you don't watch it, if you don't like it, just don't buy it. Like I said, I don't care if, you know, if I like it, like there's no point in you buying it if you, you don't want to watch it. I watched so many soccer matches and F1 races. I'm a hundred percent with you. Cause Throughout these last few years, my content is primarily focused on basketball, football, and then baseball a little bit. But a lot of people were asking me, like, why aren't you getting into UFC? Why aren't you doing F1, soccer? And I'm like, I just don't like it as like a fan. Yeah. I want to talk about what I want to talk about. If you don't want to see it, that's fine. But I love basketball, number one, football, number two. And I can provide the best content on that. So that's what I'm going to talk about. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, I never want, I, even when I talk about them to this day, it's like, I've watched both for multiple years now, like, to, or a couple of years now straight. It's like, I even still tell people, Hey, like, I'm not, I'm not a super expert. Like I've, I've watched, I understand it a lot better than I did when I started. So I can at least talk on it. But like, like, I just always make sure that people know that. So I'm not, I, I never try to talk about something and make it sound like I know something I don't. If I know something, I'll say it. If I don't, I'll say, Hey, I'm not exactly sure. So make sure you, you know, you look, but that that's the main goal. It's always to just be transparent with what people, you know, so they know that I'm talking about something I understand or not. And same with Stranger Things. Like I'm, I have a huge Stranger Things collection now. I've watched that show three times in the last like four or five years. Like I'm a huge Stranger Things fan. I would never advise someone to buy Stranger Things cards that never, ever watched an episode. That's just dumb, right? Like there's no I way. I agree. I agree. And another thing, you were talking about your dad. I saw him at the National and I've, I've seen him putting in more work. <laughs> Was he was he into the business beforehand and speak on the fact of how good it is to have a bonding experience with your family, a father and, and just how good that is. And how yeah, good no, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's awesome being able to work with them every day now. Um, four years ago when I started, like my parents were like all for, you know, supporting me with like doing something that wasn't just like a normal job and stuff like that, especially when I was still in college. But like it was like, and, and they, you know, he'd help me out on a weekly basis, kind of like, Hey, like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you thinking? More of like, just like the high level stuff, not like the day-to-day -day stuff. And then about four months ago, um, we finally, or four or five months ago, we finally got in a position where he could quit his full-time job. And then I hired him. 
So, so now, and my dad's been in content for 35, 40 years, which is a lot of why I have the drive to do it is because he was oh. writing newspapers, producing newspapers, worked for General Mills, worked for different publication companies, all these different things. And then did his own content agency for the last like eight years and ended up going and working at a uh, quad graphics here in, in Milwaukee. But uh, yeah, so he, he quit his full-time job to come work for us. And, and it's been, it's been a really, really good at times. Other times, you know, him and I both have so much passion and think that we both have great ideas and then we go back and forth. So there's definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of chippiness sometimes, but in the end, like we know that it's because we both care so much about the business and, and helping other people with the content that like, that's why it gets chippy. It's we don't hate each other. Right. Like that's obviously there's, so we do work together every single day and it's very rewarding. It's a blessing for sure. We get to travel a lot of places. Gary came to the Netherlands. He's come to multiple nationals. We went all over the country and world together and, and we plan on continuing to do that. And it's, it's awesome. I wouldn't want to be in any other position. That's for sure. That's yeah. For that's sure. amazing. I, I'm very lucky. I get to do this business with my brothers and, it's just a great feeling. I mean, like you were saying, when I was younger, I didn't have that many people besides my brothers that were actually into sports cards. But now it's becoming so big, which, which is amazing to see. Yeah, which I, I, mean, I mean, I talk to so many people like just digitally every single day, either through text or DMs. It's like in the past, I couldn't even sniff a conversation with someone eight years ago. And now I can't even get away eight minutes. I'm not talking to someone about it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I. Speak a little bit about the Camp Kesem thing. It was it was super impressive on, on what you had, what you got going on with that, sending kids to camp. Why don't you speak a little bit on, on what's going on with that and where you see that going? Right. So a couple of years ago, um, it was actually my first live stream break ever. We were doing like some 2019 Hoops Premium Blasters, like super low level <laughs> stuff, right? Like the first time we're ripping packs for some people and mosaic hangers. And I, I pulled like four Zion Williamson rookies in a row for someone. And like after the third one, he's like, Hey, if you pull me a fourth one, it was like a variation on a mosaic. He's like, I'll donate $20 to charity of your choice. And this is before anyone even heard of what Camp Kesson was. So this guy prompts to donate 20 bucks and and I and then I hit it. I hit the fourth one. I tell people why I want to go to Camp Kesson. I was involved in college helps kids go to camp whose parents have cancer, all this different stuff. And, and then like within like five minutes, like $300 was donated through YouTube. So like, that was just, I'm like, Holy crap, like that's crazy. Right. Like I just like mentioned it once wow. and we got raised like three, $300, which at the time seemed like, like, I was like, this is just the best thing ever. Right. So then right after that stream, my dad's like, Aaron, like I had an idea. He's like, we got to do something like this at the national, but like bigger. He's like, he's like, look at all those people just, you know, rallied around you just saying like five words and donating $300. He's like, what if we put together like a whole, like, charity night and campaign and stuff so we did we went through it first year um in chicago 2021 and i remember releasing the video i had six six sponsors involved and ten thousand dollars in donations committed and within one week we had a hundred grand and stuff sitting in our basement wow. <laughs> and it was just crazy i mean it's like 60 some people had donated the first year or like sponsors that donated more people donated a ton of people bought stuff like there's so many things that go into this operation it's not even funny and then year two rolled around. And of course, the market was a little less hot in 2022. So I was like, man, you know, I'd love to get to $100,000 again. Do I think it's possible? I don't know. It just depends on what happens once I put out the first video, right? So we had the same deal again, kind of like three, so four or five sponsors we announced at the very start. And then a ton of people, including yourself, came up and helped out and donated. And uh, it was it was really, really awesome. We ended up doing 100 17,000 this year in 2022, which I never would have thought was possible after the first year of 140,000 in 2021. 
and we did like $257,000 in two years. And I actually got to go to the camp this year and I brought kids packs. I brought packs with basketball cards and football cards and stuff. These kids were going berserk for it. And like, they had no idea, like they had no idea staying there that like why I was there, you know, that like we helped basically fund a majority of the camp for like all these years, like these last two years for them, but they just like got enjoyment on the cards, which is what was awesome. Like I could see if the, like, you know, like the counselors and stuff were like, Hey, you gotta really enjoy these things. Cause guess what? This is like why you're here. But like, no dude, they just absolutely love the cards and training with each other. And that was definitely like the most rewarding thing that I've done yet is like going to that camp and actually seeing the kids that, you know, that all the different hundreds and hundreds of people that donated and bought and then thousands that watched all the different streams that we did to sell the stuff. Um, it was, it's just, it was so cool, man. So cool. No, that was amazing. And I hope some of the boxes that I gave, they pulled some bangers. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember you donated like a mosaic first off the line and stuff. I don't yeah. think we ripped that one. That one, I think we just sold. Cause when you get so many donations and you can't rip it all, it would take like, it would take like, you know, a month they, straight it already takes like a month to sell it all and then you have to rip it all so like we had different mechanisms of selling we did a big pwcc auction where they donated the entire fees to the charity too which was awesome um and then also some whatnot break streams and different things like that and some selling at the national so it was really cool and i, I can't wait oh, to do it, can't wait to do it again we'll see how how it builds and we're just gonna keep going we're just gonna keep, keep keep doing it it's amazing and it's also inspiring because there's not a lot of stuff like that going on in the industry right now so i, I love to see it and, and that's, that was kind of like the idea behind it. It's like, yeah, you have some like, you know, the super, super, super big, like, you know, either people like influencers who, you know, have like a foundation or whatever. And like, they do their thing. But for us, it was like, man, we want to do something like the community can like rally around and join in on. And so many people, like even yourself, you know, it's just like, there people are just like happy to like help other people through like something that they've gotten so much reward themselves in life for, which is through cards, which is why it works so well, because people have done really well in cards or they just love being cards and they just want to use that same vehicle that they get enjoyment for to help someone else in life. And it's just like the perfect storm. A hundred percent. That's something that I've been talking about a lot. It's like the hobby's done so much for me, especially these past few years. It's like, I just want to give back to the hobby and, and, and donating is, is one way of many to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. hundred percent. My last question is, slab stocks where do you see it let's say in five years anything you want to implement different and just where do you see slab stocks going yeah i mean for us i feel like we found a really good stride um coming out of like trying to do the tech and transitioning more into like just always be on news has been a, a great thing for us it's what our core business is and it's why people love reading us and we just want to keep on leaning into that more and also you know as we can progress the business forward and, you know, progress our partnerships forward and the aspects that we're working on over there, we can grow our team and just kind of keep on giving more information to the hobby, more different ways, more timely ways. Like we just want to keep doing what we're not, what we're doing now, but just keep on making it better, developing all of our content further, making sure we're always, and the thing, biggest thing is, is adapting with the market. If I, if we never adapted with the market, see, as we talked about Bowman Chrome autos for like six straight months, when we started the business, if we were doing that today, <laughs> we'd still have 2000 followers, you know? And maybe a little bit bigger because there are a lot of big Bowman Chrome fans, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like you got to constantly be willing to, to listen and me listening to the audience and the, and the collectors is what's really, I think has helped us so much is just constantly being in tune with the collectors. The thing is the market adapts to us. So we have to adapt back to the market. Speaking to what you're saying, you always have to see what's going on. What do people want to see? What's valuable information right now? And I think you guys do that very, very well. So I commend you on that. I appreciate you coming in today, speaking with me and 
Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Of course, Steve Blaz, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thank you.